Okay, we're going to be doing Rav Asher Weiss first. That's going to be the first thing we do. It's the second shuva. Okay, it's the one that says, uh, I don't know exactly what I, it's either, um, let me see, how did I send, how did I send it, how did I send it over? What did it, what was it called? It's, the, it's shoot number two. Uh, what, what, what did I call? I sent it today. So what? Um, what was called? Minchas Asr shoot two on our couch. Yeah. That's what we're going to that's what we're going to start with. Um, actually, this is we're going to be looking at the tshuva kuf, but we're actually uh, the the at the top of the page is the end of the previous tshuva tzaddik tes, which I didn't include. And the truth is, it's a long tshuva that we don't need to go through the whole thing. But the last few lines that is at the top of the page is very fascinating. What Rav Asher has to say about it. The, the top tshuva is actually again. It's not. It's it's it. Every, you you know what zabla is? It's a it's a uh, it's a it's a it's from the Gemara. Zabla Zion Bez Lamed Aleph Zeborer Lo Echad Vezeborer Lo Echad. All right, where the way that you how do you compose a bez? Okay, we have three people. So you want to go to one bez, and I want to go to another bez, and we're fighting over the bez. Then which bez should we go? So the Gemara says there's a solution. Ruben chooses Dayan A. It's his choice. Shimon chooses Dayan B. But we can't have a basin of only two people. So the Dayan A and Dayan B, they between the two of themselves choose Dayan C, where it's not so simple whether the Baldin has to agree or not, but let's assume he doesn't. In other words, once Ruben chose Dayan A and Shimon chose Dayan B, I, A and B get to choose Dayan C. That's called Zabla. And then that, those are supposed to be the three Dayanim, and that's the Bezdin. Ephraim, do they do that in Toronto? I've never heard of it done, but I've heard of the idea. I've heard of the concept. Right, okay. So Rav has a lot to say about the implementation of the process. Of the process. Yeah, some people put it into uh, business contracts. To do that. To do that. It's, it's a little, seems a little more reliable perhaps than uh, reliable and viable than your typical based in uh, provision. Okay. I've you seen want... it in secular Israeli arbitration contracts that that's the method they use in secular arbitration to choose the arbitrators. Right. They, they put in their contract. Well, we're, yeah, uh, we're going to have three arbitrators and like I'll pick one, you pick one and, and the two of them will pick the third one. They call it Zabla. But it comes from the, that's the Lushan of the Gemara. That's the last yeah. of the Gemara. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's the last of the Gemara. So let's read what Rav Asher Weiss has to say about that. Okay. So again, it, it, this is the end of the tshuva, but you'll pick it up already. See, so he, here he's quoting um, a, a, a tshuva from before. Okay. So what happens is Reuven chooses Dayan A. What does Dayan A do? Dayan A doesn't sit, go sit with Dayan B. Let's choose Dayan C. Okay, guys, now let's hear the arguments of the two sides. It's Reuven chose Dayan A. So Dayan A now sits with Reuven and listens to everything Reuven wants to say. Dayan B sits with Shimon. And here's everything that Shimon has to say. And then Diane A and Diane B meet together with Diane C. And each one tries to convince Diane C 
of the guy who chose him. I, affirm, I assume you don't think that sounds so good. Okay, so Zekish Loshvot Shana, the Mashanagusha, Borim Nibgashim, Imbali Adin, Shebachru Bahem, Umechinimetano Tehem, Yeshbo Ivut Hadin Gamur. It's a complete twisting of the judgment. The Chen Kosu Borim Vitumim, a commentary on Shofanarch, the Chen Raiti Bimikrim Rabin, Sheena Borim Mishtadlim Klaalishpot Mishpat Sedek, meaning Dayan A and Dayan B aren't trying to do what's right. They become Ruben and Shimon's lawyers to try to convince Dayan C. Okay? That's how it has been worked. That's apparently what has happened. So, this is Rav Asher talking. But see, Ruti, when I was younger, he's come to me spar pamim l'shamesh bezabla, achrak kiborer hashlishi hamuskam. I certainly only agreed to be the third agreed upon diet. Viraiti batzmi shederach zu meuvetet ad hayisod. The load de mechzek eshikra. You know what mechzek eshikra is a phrase in the Gemara where something looks fishy. It's not dishonest, but it looks dishonest. So says Rav Asher, this isn't mechzek eshikra. <laughs> it's Mama Sheker. Again, I mean, basically, now you understand the mission in Pirkei Avos. That's a mission in Pirkei Avos. And the Maral explains it, not, not quite understanding it this way, but he the Maral writes that a judge has to be very particular, very careful not to lead any one of the litigants into making claims based on his questions. I always, I mean, one of my, my uh, educational uh, agendas, uh, anybody who sat in my shear gets it as the introduction for, for, for decades already, is I, t- I always tell the guys that school ruined you. Before you got to school, you were learning. You learn how to walk without a teacher. You learn how to talk without a teacher. Then you get to school and find out that the most important thing is to figure out what the teacher wants you to say. Right? So you, 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 start to, you start to give an answer and watch the teacher's eyebrows. And basically what Maral's saying is that the Dayan, when he asks questions of the litigants, has to be very careful that he doesn't indicate to the litigant what he wants the answer to be. Okay, so that's already in Mishnah Pirkeovas. This is 10 times worse. Because here, the, 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 the Dayan was actually sitting with Ruvain to figure out what is Ruvain's tainus so he can try to convince the third Dayan. Okay, so therefore, says Rav Asher, back into Rav Asher Weiss. Umishum kach yesh laharchik derech zu, ve'en hanit ba'yochol ichpot ala tovei alitayin bezabla. That if one side wants zabla and the other side doesn't, and again, the other side doesn't because he knows what goes on, then he can't force zabla on. Zabla is only when there's a consensus. So then Rav Asher does say something very interesting. He says... And you'll see why he makes he has one exception to this. In other words, when there's a public dispute, when there's an issue, you know, there's a machlokas in a shul, there's a machlokas in a community, okay, uh, over some, some communal matter. So then he thinks Zabla is better than a Beisdin. Why? Because when you go to a Beisdin, everybody's going to tie that this Beisdin is, is biased. Oh, you choose that Beisdin because they're on your side. 
Okay, I mean, create what's happening in a place like Ponovich or any of these, you know, these terrible machlokuses. So Kedeli, so Kedachal Torah says Ravasher, the Besu Yotziburiot, Yesh Hashivut Atsuma, Shepiske Hadin Yetsu Mitachad Yadam Shal Dayanim Verabanim, Habikim, Bekola Hashlachotat Siburiot. So he's saying it may not be so terrible that one of the Dayanim hears from this side and another Dayan hears from that side because they got to get the whole picture. So, and, and he adds, but that alone isn't enough. There's no Beisdin that everybody agrees that this is a Beisdin we're going to go to. Okay? And therefore, is the Dafka, when the litigants choose the Dayanim, then it's hard for them afterwards to say that we don't accept the Psak of the Beisdin. Aval Barov Rubam Shel Divre Torah. So he's very much against Zabla. Anyway, that was just a, like a, a, a side point because it's going to lead us into Simon Kuf. We are going to see, I'm going to, I'm going to send around the written, Rav Asher has two shi, a written shiurim on all of these matters. The shiurim are very long and we're not going to go into all of them, but I'm going to highlight a few pieces because at the end he talks something that we that unfortunately we're all aware of. He talks in these shiurim, he lambasts, he, he, he wails against the, the distorted practices, whether they're disorganized or whether they're, they're, they don't have standard procedures. And he says that, that he's working very hard uh, to make sure that his Beisdin has very standard procedures. Everybody knows what to expect. And in fact, I think today in Israel, there are two Bate Din, two, two Bate Din, maybe, maybe in Brunei Brak, I'm not so familiar with Brunei Brak. I think that, um, that, that Rav Nishin Karelitz had a based in, but Rav Asher Weiss's based in today is very well accepted. And Eretz Chemda in the more, in the less Haredi community, even though a lot of the Haredim are going there too, because they have very strict procedures. I think who mentioned to me, one of you mentioned that when you go to con- consult with them, they make sure that they'll consult with you and make sure that your case doesn't go to anybody you consulted with. I even had a case where both parties were from Beit Shemesh. When I first went to the Maski Ruth, they said, I'm not sure we're going to be able to get you a Beisdin in Beit Shemesh because I think it's possible that all of the all of the Dayanim we have in Beit Shemesh might know one or the other parties and we won't we won't do let that happen. Although in the end they found three Dayanim who came to Beit Shemesh who who okay. didn't know That's both sides. Good. Now again, I think that in America today. Um, the RCA Beitin has a pretty good reputation. I don't know, uh, Josh. You're in America. Tell me uh, what uh, what you hear about Beitin that are that are viewed as you know uh, um, both authoritative, organized, objective. Um, uh, Baruch Hashem, I don't have any direct exposure. I've heard very good things about the Beitin of America. That's that's the RCA. That Beitin of America. That's the RCA. Yeah, I've I've heard very very good things. I've heard number one, they don't accept Tohanim. That's a virtual chef to sheet. I think yeah, Pimchus is not happy about that. I mentioned this uh, 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 quite a while ago. Maybe we'll hear from Pimchus why he doesn't agree with it. May I'll, we'll, we'll review that in a minute. I'll explain why what virtual chef to sheet is, and Pinchas can weigh in about why he disagrees. But go ahead, Josh. Okay, that, that was number one. No, number two, that they, they have a very strong policy of getting down to the Metsius of the issue, that they're, they're very, very business savvy. Um, and they're contract savvy, and and they will ask a lot of questions to really understand what's going on. Ephraim, um, what about in Toronto? Are there any Bate Din that are like well accepted by the by the by the Tzibur in Toronto? No, we we really don't have a 
There is a basement, but uh, I haven't heard of anything favorable. I'm not sure that it's really active. Certainly not full-time. And uh, that's one of the problems is that they're not full-time. So they meet once in a while. They're in a great big hurry. They don't pay much attention. And they move on to the next one. Okay, so we'll see what Rav Asher Weiss has to say about that in one in the shiurim that I'm going to send around. Okay, Pim, Pim, so, you... so what we just oh. saw in this tshuva of Rav Asher Weiss, though, is he assumes there's nobody left in the world who would use the Zabla method as just a method to pick the Dayanim where nobody talks to anybody. He just they just say like I want Rav so and so because I think he's good, and the other one says I want Rav so and so because I think he's good. Neither guy has talked to them beforehand about the case. And then they get together and choose a third acceptable intermediate person. If that would happen, I'm sure he would have no problem with that. But that's Lamaisa, what doesn't happen. I heard about this already even before I read Rav Asher's Tshuva. I heard about this already in America. Um, I think one of the things Rav Shechter was also against is Zabla business, as well as Toanim. So let me just present why he doesn't want to on him. And then Pimchas, you're, you're on, yes? You're hearing us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so my I, camera does not work. But okay, I'm but I think it you. was you who told me that you disagreed, the Mechilas Kvod of Herschel Schechter, that you disagreed with the idea of not having to on him, correct? Yeah, Rolf and Klali, right. Yeah, so Rav Schechter's approach is very simple. What's the job of a toy? His job is two things. He's going to argue the case, and but I'll, maybe I'll back it up. Rav Shechter's approach is, I only want to hear directly from the two litigants because they know the facts and I don't need the Toen to tell me the facts because the Toen is probably going to massage the facts so that his client can win. And I want to know the facts directly without any massage. Ella, what the Toen is going to do, he's going to start arguing the halacha. Well, according to these facts, the halacha, this halacha, he's going to quote me this halacha and therefore you should be asking for my client because of this. Excuse me, I know the halacha better than any of these toanim. So the toanim doesn't need to tell me the facts, and I don't want the toanim to tell me the... Uh, the toanim doesn't need to tell me the halacha, and I don't want the toanim to tell me the facts. So therefore, he doesn't allow toanim in his basin. What do you say, Pinchas? Okay, well, my 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 answer, my explanation is going to be a little bit longer than than <laughs> than what you just represented in the name of virtual chapter and uh, after I finish, you might. I think we should ask Yaakov uh, for his opinion because I don't know if he's going to see, see things exactly the way I see them. But only, only, I'll, I'll try to present it this way: there are there are questions of fact, and there are questions of law. There are two problems, and I don't want to call them problems. I want to be very explicit. There are two very real dangers in the sheet of Rav Herzl Shachter, and I'll, I want to explain why. One of them comes from the litigants themselves, and one of them comes from the judges themselves. Uh, and this is from 30 years of being a litigator in the courts. It is a very, very dangerous thing for Herschel Sachter to say that I want to hear the facts only from the litigants, not from the lawyers. Because what happens when you do that is that you're giving an implicit advantage to sophisticated uh, and educated and and verbose and eloquent litigants. And if you have a simple guy who does not know how to put his best foot forward, he does not know how to speak well, he does not know how to make an impression, and here's the, here's the real problem, and he doesn't know what's the important facts and what's the irrelevant facts, he can make a terrible presentation 
of his own best interest, and he doesn't know how to do it. And the purpose of a lawyer is not to lie, and it's not uh, to massage the facts. My, I see my job is to learn what the facts are and to put present those in the most cogent and clear manner before the judges, winnowing out the stuff that's not important and highlighting the stuff that really is important. And I cannot tell you how many times I had cases where I asked my client, I said, uh, okay, uh, give me every, all the documents that are relevant to, to, to this case. And he gives me a whole sheaf of stuff. And it's some of it's relevant, some of it's not relevant. But the stuff I expected to see wasn't there. And I said to him, I said, are you sure that this is all that you've got? What about, is it, wasn't, there, wasn't there a contract for this period of time? Weren't there emails uh, regarding this issue? And he goes back and he says, and he says, oh, yeah, here I found them. I said, why didn't you give them to me? And he said, because I thought those were irrelevant. And these are not, and ladies and gentlemen, these are not my clients who are, you know, um, uh, ignorant, Moshavnikim, simple people. I'm talking about college graduates. And they themselves don't understand what is the riot that, are, that present their case to conceal the case for them. They don't understand. And, and that's coming from the from the direction of the litigant, that the litigant, even in on his best day, cannot put his best foot forward. He doesn't understand what's important, what's not important. And he can certainly waste the time of the based in by draining the cup about all types of stuff, including his emotional baggage in the case, which have nothing to do with the case and will not help the dynamic say of the case. Okay, so let me my stop other, you there. My, my, no, that's, that, that's coming okay. from the direction of the litigant. Let, let me stop you there about that. Two things to say. So first of all, I don't well, think if I, hear I your, just if I could just add more if I can, can I just add one more thing very quickly, please. Then yeah, very quickly regarding once again from the end from the from the end of the litigant. Today's litigation is not the litigation that took place in the time of the Gemara. In the time of the Gemara, how many documents were the Basachakol? Today's litigation is document heavy. It's very document heavy, and and. The litigants cannot, uh, they cannot swim in that ocean usually. They don't know how to, how, how, how to take care of that stuff. And as we move, as we move from a, a corpus of evidence, which, was, which back then was mostly based on oral evidence, and it was very, very important as it is today to get, your, to get an un, uh, to get an impression, a direct impression of the litigant and how he says his story, and is he reliable, and how those are very, very important, and they remain important today. But today, there is such a massive weight of, of the evidence that's written documents that speak for themselves, and they have to speak for themselves, that I really, this idea of, you know, I want to hear it from the guy himself. I, boy, if I can imagine how many litigants, how many people I represented that oy boy, they would have lost their case if you had let them speak it for themselves because they don't know how to speak for themselves. Okay, so let, again, let me let me just say two things. First of all, I don't think that Rav Schechter is saying that he doesn't think that the litigant should consult with the lawyer. In other words, everything that you just said that you do, you have to do. And you've got to go through those mounds and mounds of paperwork and find out what's relevant and then teach the litigant 
what the facts are relevant. But Rav Shechter will also say, I also know what questions to ask. Again, you could disagree, but this is his approach. And he feels that the, again, again, it could be also, there's a difference between a Pinchas COVID lawyer and some of the other Tawani Rabbanim that, that Rav Shechter has experience with. Um, he, he feels that he wants the litigant to learn from the lawyer everything that he should say. But at the end of the day, when he's standing there in front of Rav Shechter, he, Shechter wants to answer. But I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, okay, I so also, I also you know, want to you, you, you make more, sure your clients make sure your clients don't go to the basin of America. That's all <laughs> I can tell you. One one more thing regarding the litigants also is that, of course, of course it is, of course there is always the chance that a lawyer can massage the facts and a lawyer can deceive that 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 uh, that um, that chashash always exists. But I can tell you many many times. My clients, some of them very ignorant people, and some of them very, very sophisticated people, some of them and some of them Rabani, offered to me to make all types of bogus svaras and bogus claims that I wasn't willing to say. And so people are worried about, you know, uh, lawyers who massage facts and massage presentations believe me litigants themselves are very 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 creative in in, in 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 creating ways to lie and to massage facts and to misrepresent things they don't need lawyers to do that in fact i i spend a lot of my time telling my client if you say a stupid thing like that in the in the court the judge will read right through what you're trying to do don't say that and it's not true anyway so don't say it don't say things that aren't true why are you why are you come up with things that aren't true okay that, yeah plus also a lot of litigants my clients they'll want to rant and rave and it'll be all emotional and yeah, my okay. job is Rav to will shut up. Say, Rav would say i also know how to see through that stuff but anyway okay let's move on to ravasher's no, let's move on if, let's if move on just, to, no no we got to move on to ravasher's chuva okay Okay, so this is a tshuva. Please, please look at the document. The rest of that document. This is Simon Kuf in in his Choshen Mishpat Tshuvas, and this was sent actually to the son of Ramosh Sternbuch. The son of Ramosh Sternbuch asked Dian uh, Weiss the following question. Okay, very interesting. Echad, this is in Israel. Okay, so Echad Okay, so there's a man who was in a divorce proceeding with his wife. Now, in Israel, the divorce proceedings are handled by Beit Din. Upana, he, the husband, Panala Erkaot, he went to secular court, there was a custody battle. In, in the divorce proceedings, there was also a custody battle, and the wife was refusing to allow the, fa- the husband, father, to have access to the kids. She was holding back the kids because the default is that the kids are with the mother and he was fighting for custody or uh, shared custody, I should say. Shared custody. That's called Mishmoret in Hebrew is the shared custody. And so the, the father went to secular court to argue for custody. Once the husband went to secular court over custody, the wife took advantage of that, and she brought all of the monetary disputes that were being adjudicated in the Beisdin. She now brings them into secular court with the claim that once he went to secular court, 
So uh, that he didn't he didn't go to Bayesden over this. I could also go to secular court. Again, the idea of if somebody uh, if somebody summons you to secular court instead of Bayesden, there are shitas that you can go to Bayesden, the secular court without permission from the Bayesden, because he's already made a statement that he's not going to Bayesden. Okay, so that's the issue. So Yeshmin Arabanim. Shetan, and Kenley, apparently, you know, he went to Rabbanim, she went to Rabbanim, it always happens like that, right? My rabbi said, well, my rabbi said, so Yeshmin Rabbanim Shetan, Shemikivan Shabal Huzeh, Shepanal Erkaot. By the way, in case you want to know why the word Erkaot is in square is, is in, in a square each time, it's because this is how we found this article by searching Otsar uh, HaChachmav uh, with the word Erkaot. And of course, it gives you back all of the places with the words. So don't pay attention to the fact that the words are in, are in, in a square. Okay. So, Yesh bin Arabanim Shetan Shemikivan Shabalu Zeshapanal Le'erkaot, Yesh Le'konso, Ule Afsher Le'ishal Itboa Kenegdom. We have this idea that we, 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 we uh, penalize somebody who goes to court. We had another example of this. We'll probably see it again in the sources. Is that if somebody goes to secular court and he loses without permission from the Bayesden, all right, Reuven took Shimon to secular court without permission from the Bayesden and he lost. Now Reuven wants to go back and retry the case in Bayesden because he thinks maybe he'll get a better deal in Bayesden. So there's a discussion in the post game do we allow him or not? So we'll see that inside. Anyway, so, um, so, so the woman says that since the Baal went to Erkaot, so we have to penalize him. So number one, she has the right to go now to take the monetary disputes into the secular court. Umeidach, listen to how strong this is. And to prevent him from getting any legal support. Because we know, we saw that if a person goes to secular court, he has violated the, the, the halacha. And there's an iser on a lawyer or on witnesses to appear in secular court to try to help him make his case if the guy went to secular court without Bayesden. So therefore, the woman now is claiming that nobody should be allowed to come into court to testify for him. Because of penalty. She should be able to bring in witnesses to argue her side. But no witnesses should be allowed to testify for the husband because we have to penalize him. That sounds terribly unjust. Well, that would be the halacha if the husband would have taken the wife to court, secular court, and she's now forced into secular court without permission of Bayesden. So the halacha is that no one's allowed to support the guy. No lawyer's allowed to represent him, and nobody's allowed to appear in secular court to testify on his behalf. That's the, pen- that's the penalty that we impose on a guy who goes to secular court without a Bayesden. We saw that inside, didn't we? I, I don't remember that, but, what, but, the, but the result is going to be is that not only you're going to have a, a, a din in the arkaot, but by definition, it's going to be totally askewed. I mean, it's going to be totally... But that's the penalty for somebody who goes to arkaot instead of going to base. It's a penalty, for sure. It it's sounds like it sounds like Ravusher, or in, it's in the Shiloh, it's not Ravusher's statement, but it sounds like what he's saying is like, not only are we going to stop the guy from summoning his own witnesses, but the witnesses that go to testify on her behalf aren't allowed to say anything with Tova Toe. That's which, exactly. That would be really ridiculous if that well, were true. That's that's exactly the penalty. Oh, anyway. So what, they have so, to lie? Wait, they're not allowed no, to tell no, the truth? No, I hear what you're asking. Okay. The assumption here is it means that we can't bring in witnesses for his benefit. 
Okay. Obviously, yeah, I, she brings I, in the witnesses. They have to tell the truth. Yeah, I, okay. I just I didn't understand that they were limiting what her witnesses will say. They were just not allowing witnesses to testify on behalf of the husband. That's exactly right. Okay. Other witnesses. Yes. Okay. Right. What do I think? Okay. So says says Rav Asher like this. This is not Rav Asher talking. See, in Israel, we have such a thing called labor courts. There are family courts where they have a very, very narrow focus of what they, what they are. It's not a general court. They only judge labor disputes or they only judge family disputes. So in those kinds of cases, says Rav Asher, Family court that all they're entitled, all they are empowered to do is judge child custody case. Okay, I mean, I don't know today what Pinchas and Yaakov's main business is, but certainly... This when I the last time I spoke to them, this was their main business is that they represent people in labor disputes and they represent people in labor disputes in labor court. And the only thing, what it was never our main thing, but we do it. You okay? So, but but you go to labor court, and the only thing the labor court can talk about is violations of labor law. So, are you is that okay? Is that called air chaos or no? That's okay. So, and the reason is because there's more to it than just that because nobody else. Is allowed to touch labor disputes, and you can't do borrow root in a labor dispute. Oh, oh it is, that, that's 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 and, the problem. And that, also, the labor ju- the labor court is made up of uh, three people, one of whom, uh, two of whom are not lawyers, and one of whom is a lawyer. The two who are not lawyers are, you know, a union representative and a and a, an employer association representative, and then the third one is a is a is an actual labor judge. So, like. It, so part of this is because the labor laws in Israel are very strict. And if you write in the contract, as we learn, Yaakov and Pinchas will remember the case, that we, we write in all of our contracts with our employees that if there's any dispute that we go to Rav Usher, we go to a, an agreed upon Beisdin. And if we can't agree upon a Beisdin, we go to Rav Usher Vice's Beisdin. And it turned out when we had a case that we were, we were summoned to labor court, that that clause is illegal. Because what we did is we got a we got a, an employee to sign that they are foregoing their labor rights, okay? And you're not allowed to do that. Uh, the the law doesn't allow an employee to 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 get the empl- the the employer to get the employee to sign a contract uh, foregoing some of his labor rights, okay? So therefore, there are there are those who say that it's okay to go to a labor court because that's not called erkaot. So We'll see that, I think, maybe in one of the sources. There's an idea that it's not called erkaot when a certain profession has their own arbitration system. Okay, so that's, so therefore, labor court is like an arbitration system for labor disputes. And here's the key. Beit mishpat, sheyesh lo samchuyot mishpatiot. If they have general uh, legal authorities, then that's havi bichlal er kaot, even though we're only going to them for a labor dispute. So there's a difference between a labor court or a child court and a general court 
that we're turning to them for, for a custody dispute. The Chain Darachiv Shell, Ktav Rabo, Hagon, Reb Moshe Sternbuch, and this is Reb Moshe Sternbuch's son, a uh, brother, Bichuvos, Banagos, right? Ravashi says, I agree with that. Is that once the court has authority to judge all cases, even if you're taking something specific to them, then that's Erkaot. So what's what's okay. the feel? What would not be Erkaot? When there's a labor court that can only judge labor cases. So so that's not Erkaot? I get it. That's a machlokas. Whereas, whereas the family courts which adjudicate questions of marriage and divorce and of child custody are... and of monetary laws and all kinds of things that's a, again the issue is whether the court has a very limited agenda a very limited um, um mandate or it's a general mandate that you happen to be bringing this case to them well well i mean I, i'm not so sure it's hard for me as a lawyer to understand that distinction because in both in both instances both in terms of labor law and in terms of family law, both of those court systems have exclusive jurisdiction. In other words, you cannot bring a labor dispute before a normal court, and you cannot bring a family dispute between between a normal court. And I'll give you and I'll give you an example of how extreme it is. Pinchas, isn't it also true that you can, that that even the Beit Adina Rabbani, who's judging a uh, Gerushin case, even even on the Mamono side, is not allowed to judge Mishmoret. That has to go to the family court. No, that that I'm not sure about. I think that can be karuch. I think it can be karuch. But but regarding the family court, for example, two brothers, okay, two brothers who have a sichsuch about a family business, believe it or that, that has to be in family court. That does not go to a regular court, even though it has nothing to do with marriage and divorce. Two brothers who have a who have a who have an argument over the running of a family business, that goes to the family court. So. They they have exclusive jurisdiction and they deal with a, a very wide scope of things, both of these courts. So I have a hard time in this in this characterization of the labor court as opposed to the family courts. I I have a hard time making a chilek between them. They they both they both are have have expertise, they have exclusive jurisdiction, they all they both deal with very a very wide gamut of, of different issues. And I, I don't know, I'm not so sure that that. So again, I'm not sure exactly what happened in this case. It's, it's very possible. Family court is that, is that family court doesn't have to judge by the law. Family wait, let, court judges are allowed guys, to choose what they guys, think is fair. Let's, let's hold off for a minute, okay? So uh, it could be what happened here is that he went to the family court for custody issues, and she said, oh, you went to Erkaot. I'm now going to a regular court for the monetary issues, Okay. That's apparently what that could be what happened here. Anyway, so let's let's just read on, okay? So that 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 he's saying that that it's called erkaot if they have if they have wide uh, a jurisdiction over many kinds of cases. And here's where he's saying interesting thing. When you go, even if you would go to, again, it could be that at the time it wasn't limited to family court, but the guy went to court. Now, how is the court going to make a decision about custody? This is one of Rav Asher's important points. How are they going to make that decision? When you want to have to decide custody, they're going to call in um, um, social workers and psychologists. 
So if not So why are you going to air court for child custody, which they're going to judge it based on the expertise of sociology of, of psychologists and social workers? In other words, he's saying that there's no reason why you shouldn't be taking the child custody case to the Beitin and let the Dayanim make the decision with their Shikol Hadas based on the testimony of social workers and psychologists. And therefore, he, he would think that going to Er Ka'ot for such a thing is a violation. Okay, that's, that's the first step. Ach, but he's not finished. Mikol makom, im panah ba'al le'erkaot, mitoch tom leiv, b'choshvo shemutar la'asot ke, mikevan shelav b'dinei momonot panah. But he's saying the husband probably thought that he's not violating anything by going to this court for custody, because it's not a monetary dispute, it's a custody dispute. And he thought it's okay to do that. And he never would have thought to take the monetary case to a secular court. That's based in. But for custody, he thought it's okay because it's a very narrow focus. Says Rav if we know that the husband did it um, um, innocently, we shouldn't penalize him. And once we're not penalizing him, so there's certainly no justification to allow the wife to expand the litigation to the monetary laws in secular court. But and certainly we shouldn't penalize him to say that and in the case that they do end up in secular court, we're not going to let the witnesses testify for him, only against him. Hello, davarza ivu tadin hu the avel the aven hu umufrach mi yisodo. Mufrach means it's you know you know what a pircha is in the Gemara. Okay, it's a, it's refu- it's fundamentally refuted in and of itself. Okay, and therefore he's saying that we should not def- definitely should not penalize the husband if that's what he did. The yisoda davar hello nechliku aposkim b'mishi. Here's where we here's where we talked about earlier. Nechliku aposkim b'mishi hivsid be'er kaot. A person went to, to secular court without permission of Beisdin, and he lost. So now he wants to go back and rejudge the case in Beisdin, because he thinks maybe in Beisdin he could win. So there's a machlokas. We saw that in the Ramah. It's at the end of Sea of Aleph in the Ramah. Maybe it's good to see it one more time. So the end of the sif, first sif in, in Choshen Mishpat, okay? The cause of the Svarah Rishonah She'ein Nizkakim Lo Iker. There are two opinions, Ein Nizkakim or Yes Nizkakim, and the Ramah concludes is, das, right, the Svarah Rishonah nearly Iker. And therefore, we're, we would not allow, okay, uh, a, a person who went to secular court to rejudge it in, in Bezid. However, cause of Atumim Sham Sif Katan Bez, the Yesh Bezesh Neitami, there are two reasons why we don't allow the person who lost in secular court to go back to Beisdin. What are the two reasons? That you are allowed, you know, there, there, there's a, there are rules for who's, who's kosher to be a dayan. And it's, you're not allowed, a, a, a relative or a, a person who's a Mechal Shabbos 
they're, they're, that's called Carver Puzzle. They're, they're puzzled to be Dayanim. And if they ended up, you had a court, you had a based in, you had a based in, and it turned out that one of the Dayanim was either a relative or a puzzle, the din is off and you have to rejudge the case. However, if before the litigants go into the based in, the Dayan announces, hey, you should know that I am a relative. And both sides agree. It's okay. We don't care. You can, you can judge. It's, it's right. It's neman alai abba, neman alai avicha. It's a mafursha mishnah. So then the case is binding. So he says that when somebody takes another Jew to secular court, so the one who took, who instigate, in, initiated this, the case, it's as if he made an announcement. I accept upon myself Dayanin who are Krovin Mipsulin, because the Dayanin in a secular court are puzzled to judge because it's a secular court. So if Reuven took Shimon to secular court, he's announcing, I accept the, the judgment of a puzzle, of a Dayan puzzle. And then he lost. Well, if you lost after you accepted a car of a puzzle, you can't have the case rejudged. So the first reason is, So then it's binding. Number two for the, for the Ramaz Svar, why we're not going to let him go back to Beisdin, is Knas. You went to secular court, we're going to give you a knas, and we're not going to hear your case. Okay. So now, if those are the two reasons for the Ramah, why we don't let somebody who went to secular court go back to Beisdin, so So neither of those two reasons apply in our case. Why? So he only accepted them for the Mishmoret. And if he loses Mishmoret, he won't be able to go back to Beisdin. But he never accepted them for Dine Mominus. So why should we force him, based on the woman's demand, to allow the, the secular court to judge the Mominus? He did it innocently because he thought that there's no problem going to Erkaot for child custody. Okay, so therefore, Rav Asher held that you should not punish him and that the woman certainly cannot open the door for monetary claims and certainly not restrict the Adim to only testify on her behalf in the, in, the, in the custody case and not on his behalf. Achbar min din ad kan lo nechleku im kfar mishpat al yadam all right, so this is all talking post facto. Aval im be'emtza hadiyun rotzehu lizgoret atik v'lachzor lebeit in sedek. All right, now remember, everything we're talking about in the Ramah is after the guy lost, he wants to go back to Beisdin. But what happens if in the middle of the case, he, he took the guy to Beisdin, to, to secular court. And in the middle, it turns out that we the case slept out until Elul. And all of a sudden he has big hirhure tshuva, and he says, oi, what did I do? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm aborting the case now. I'm aborting the case, and I'm going to go back to Beisdin. Are we going to penalize him and say, no, we're not going to let you? Says Rav Asher that certainly, in be'emtza ha'diyun, rotzehu lizgore tatik v'lachzor le'beisdin tzedek, v'adai shezuz chuto. Okay? Ach lomar shemutar le'aid letova tzad zeh, le'osur le'aid letova tzad zeh, hu davar chamur u'mufrach, Okay, so he disagrees with that unequivocally. Okay, so that is Ravasher's 
that that is Rav Usher's uh, uh, sock on that question. I think very interesting. Very interesting. Now, I, 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 yeah. Frank, I, I, it's 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 a side point, but I just want to mention that it, it it's it's not entirely true that questions of child custody are non-monetary disputes because after the court determines which parent is going to get child custody, then he had, then he poskins how much the other parent has to participate financially uh, in, in the, in the day-to-day expenses of the child. So it's not true that child custody, child custody battles are non-monetary battles. They have a, they have a monetary aspect to them for sure. Yes. But the point here is, is that the woman wanted to open up all of the financial disputes. In other words, we could say that that that's that 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 the court in the child's custody, they're judging on a very localized issue, which has financial consequences. But what the woman wanted to do is she now wanted to bring into the secular court all of her monetary claims for the apartment and for alimony and all kinds of things. That was that is different. Okay. Okay, that's what he said. Okay. So now the other other what should the what should the guy have done? Because like if he went to the Beit Adina Rabbani and said, like, I wanna I want to get a Mishmoret decision from you guys. They would have said, "Oh, sorry, we don't have some chut." And if no, uh, why? No, they were no, arguing they about don't. that. They don't have. So, or, or if he, or if he went to a, or, or if he said, "I want Boruru to decide," you know, figure out what it is. Uh, they could, they could say, like, "Well, we think the kid really should go on vacation with you, but it's not enforceable." Well, I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not sure I understand. You're telling me that that the Beit Din cannot. Uh, the, the the dispute over child custody is not judiciable in Basin. I'm pretty sure that it's not. Yeah. Well, for sure it's not if the wife doesn't agree. But if the wife doesn't no, agree, the that would po- be a case of refusal. That's the whole so point. Okay. The whole point. The whole point is that that according to this system, she has to agree because you're not allowed to leave anything that can be judged in Basin. You're not allowed to take the secular court. That that's the assumption. Going to secular court instead of Basin. We'll see what happens if Basin either can't. What we're going to see in, in a couple of the chuvas, what about if Bayesden cannot judge the case? Are you then allowed to go to, to secular court either with permission or you don't even need permission? That's going to be, we're going to see some of the sources. Let's see. Uh, there's just one more source I want to see now. Okay. Um, it, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll see it quickly. It's the other source I sent you today. It's a very interesting chuva. Uh, again, we're going to see more discussion of it um, uh, uh, next time. But it, it's a it's a tshuva of the Rashach. Okay, so I, I googled who the Rashach was. Very unknown post a couple hundred years ago. He has a uh, less than a hundred years ago, hundred fifty years ago. He has a tshuva. Anyway, so look what he has to say here. It's it's the it's the it's the I sent you the 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 um the document Rashach Erkaot. One one third of a page. It's a yes, yeah, it's just a half a page. It's a short half a page. It was the second document I sent you on the WhatsApp today. Right. I got it. So again, we're talking here now about flexibility where there's, um, you know, where there are um, um, professional, where certain professions have adjudication systems. Okay. So he says like this, the end of the first line, you'll, you'll understand the case from the, you know, maybe I'll tell you the case. Okay. Apparently, they made a deal, okay, where this deal, if it would ever go to Din Torah, the guy who made the deal would lose his pants. 
It would push it. In other words, the way the deal was set up is that he would absolutely be wiped out. And they made the deal with the agreement that we're going to judge it in the court that handles this kind of a system. And that was the contract, is that we're making a contract that if there's a dispute, it goes to the court, the local court, according to the local system. Okay, so with that, but but if it would go to Bayesden, one guy would lose everything. He would lose his whole investment. So look what he has to say. Meaning that the, the setup was that they won't, they will not be able to take this case to a Din Torah. Okay, that that's, that's the minhag. That this case goes to a certain kind of a court, not to a Din Torah. Okay. And if it would go to a Din Torah, the guy never would have made the deal. Because in a Din Torah, the, 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 he, would, he would never be able to get his money. That if the, 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 the details of the contract, that this dispute that's in the contract, that if we have this dispute, we're not going to a Din Torah. Because if we go to a Din Torah, it would not be a fair judgment. Are you going to tell me that the, that the guy who made the contract, basically what he's saying is, okay, I'm ready to give up all my money if it goes to a Din Torah. No, nobody would make such a, such a, such a, a deal. Uh, Ruben would never make such a deal if the if if it ended up in a dispute, he's going to lose his money. Okay, so in Cain, Hayalel Dachi Ose Eseki Mo Al Smach Oto Aminad Sheboto Mokom, the Achar Kach Yetsay Lemokom Achar Veyishud Lo Etaregel. Meaning, you think, oh, we're going to make the deal based that we don't go to Din Torah, and then when Shimon gets into a dispute with him, Shimon's going to take him to a Din Torah, and in a Din Torah, of course, he's going to lose. So would Reuven ever make the deal to, to on the Das that if it gets into a dispute where you made an agreement that we won't go to a Din Torah, that Shimon can go to a Din Torah? Remember, in a general case, we, we decided that if in the contract it says we're going to judge in a secular court, that tonight it's buckled. In a normal, in a normal contract, we don't allow that seif. It's masa mashakos of a Torah, all kinds of things. We allow an agreement to litigate in, in hediotos, but we don't allow an agreement to litigate in their cause. Hold for your questions for a minute. Let's just finish the tshuva. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so the kitzer is that there is an idea. That when it when it doesn't when when there's an agreement that we're going to do it based on the local um, uh, uh, litigation customs, all right, and it's clear that in based in, you would have no chance of winning because of the details. So that means nobody would ever really make sign a contract like that. Basically, what you're doing is you're shutting down business deals. So here's where it gets very tricky nowadays. In other words, it, it could be that if if the need to go to based in is going to prevent the deal from happening. According to this chula, there may be flexibility, but we're going to have to see. There's a lot more to talk about. Josh, you wanted to add something. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, we're talking about a case where the, the fact that one person could not win in Basin 
is because of technicalities such as ADUS or something like that, or it's because it's something he, the business deal allows him contractually to have things that he's not halakhically entitled to. I, I don't the know the answer. I don't know much. I don't know the answer, but I'm not sure why that matters. The point was that they signed the contract that we're going to judge it in the local system. Mm-hmm. We're going to judge it in the local system. And then when there was a dispute, Shimon wanted to take him to Beisden in another place. I, 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 maybe, maybe, I, maybe I misunderstood the case. I thought the case was that at the time that they made the deal, both parties understood that if there ever comes a machlokas, it can never be adjudicated in Beisden. And therefore, one of the parties would say, look, if we ever reach a disagreement, I, 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 we have to make a stipulation that we're going going, going someplace else because I don't have a chance. I will never have a chance in a basin, and and therefore, Josh, Josh's question is very important because if both parties knew lechatchila that the nature of the deal was that one party has has no relief, he has no relief in basin. He will never have relief in basin. That's very different than than a, like a technicality that arose later on regarding the quality of the evidence. That's a that's you know that's just uh, the, the latter is just a circumstance of life that happens sometimes even in regular cases. Yeah. So, but, but the issue the issue is whether an agreement that we're not going to go to Beisden is that binding or not. Yeah, but what if it was what if, what if the reason was because both parties knew that this was unjukur not not jukurikable in in in, in a, in a Beisden. That's his whole point. Is that when not that it's not judiciable, is that Ruben's gonna lose? So Shimon says, Tough, I'm taking you to Baisden, right? The contract is not valid because it's a we we signed that we're not going to Baisden, and I'm and, and that's a, that's an invalid agreement, and therefore I'm taking you to Baisden. So what the Rashach is saying is that what you're really saying is that the business guy is putting his money is basically exposing his money to being completely lost. And that's well, not reasonable. That's not a reasonable way that, that business can can be handled. Yeah, but- yeah, but there's also but there's also another aspect to it, is that the guy who the guy who wants to be the Tovea now, he also did something underhanded. I mean, he agreed to sign an agreement, he made an undertaking, knowing full well that the other party was relying upon that undertaking, and he never intended to enforce it. He never he never intended to ad- adhere by that. Yeah, maybe I'm not sure we have to say never intended. It could be that he finds out that in this case. He's much better off going to Basin. Uh, don't make it quite so underhanded. Okay? But that's the point, is that when we make an agreement that we're going to secular court instead of Basin, is that a binding agreement in a contract? And in general, we're going to see in the halachas that it's not. We'll, we'll, we'll open it up. We're going to go back to the tour. I, I, I'm, on, on Sunday, I want to go back to the tour, but I also want to see a Gomorrah and Gitan. There's a Gomorrah and Gitan that we're going to see. I'll send you the specific, but we're going to go back to the tour because there's certain things in the tour we didn't yet do. And and it's related to this, and we're going to go see it. Okay, quickly, Aka, oh, what's your last question? Because we got yeah, to just that, yeah. well, I was just going to throw something out there that I think we have to think about going on, and because I've been worrying about this for the past week or so. And Josh, I think what like we got to figure out if there's this distinction between a choice of forum clause that says we're not going to Beisdin, and a choice of law clause that says we're going to have this contract judged according to the secular law of this place where we work. Uh, you know where where we made it. Like this contract is it should be mefuresh according to the Article Two of the UCC or according to you know the the Chokasirut of Israel or whatever Wait. law it is. Well, well, so, so okay, that's important what you're saying. If you would have such a contract between the two of you, 
you can go to Bayesden and have Bayesden judge the case based on that law. Yes, but if you say the problem is that you can't make a contract that says we're going to judge the case not according to no, Dura, no, 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 that you know, stop. That's exactly. We the saw way. that. Yeah, we saw that last week in the Nasivos. And that, no, I, I well, think, first and that, of all, we're, Russia is going to already said we don't pass like the Nasivos. Okay, but the point is this: there's a difference whether we say we're going to have the case adjudicated in secular court, or we're going to have the based in adjudicate the case according to the California municipal law. Now we're assuming the Dianium no uh, U.S. law. Uh, that's a different. That's a different question. For that, they need the, the parties have to be permitted to bring lawyers to explain what it is. Okay, again, I, again, I'm not. <laughs> again, uh, the the point is, there's a difference between saying we're adjudicating in secular court, which is a prohibition, or we are making a contract that a dispute is going to be a dispute, uh, adjudicated according to the following system. That's already Dovershiba Momo. <laughs> And you can make it, it's a Dovership of Mammon. Adjudicating in secular court, that's Isra of a Heter. Adjudicate, the, the monetary system we're going to use, okay, you know, we can make an agreement. You know what? If we have a dispute, okay, if we have a dispute, we're going we're gonna to flip a coin. So we can do that. But it's got to go to Bayesden to flip the coin. <laughs> you can't go to a secular court for that. Okay, Rabosai. Everybody have a good Shabbos. I'll see you on Sunday. I'll send around the Gemara Gitan and, and, and back to our tour. And we'll see maybe a couple of other sources I'll send you. Okay? Okay. Cold, cold tooth. Have a good Shabbos. Cold tooth. Yeah.